0: What is going on everybody? Welcome to another edition of Waterfowl 365. I am your host Chris Adams. Made it through another week. Another uh, Mother's Day. Turned another year older. Definitely feeling it. Trying to uh, enjoy the nice week off. And uh, yeah man, it's been a good one. Got some uh, half decent weather showing up in the forecast. Got Colapalooza coming up this weekend. So there's a, a lot of stuff to do. I've been tuning calls all day long and uh, just trying to get ready. I don't know that I'm going to bring anything, but you never know. Anyways, um, today I'm going to have Mr. Justin Strain back on. He was the co-star, co-owner of our TV show 417 Waterfowl back in the day. We've been talking football all last season and uh, just kind of bullshitting about how the season went and all of that good stuff. So without further ado, Mr. Justin Strang. Justin, what's going on, buddy? Not much,
1: brother. Just sitting at home drinking uh, Tito's and Mountain Dew. Sounds crazy, but try it. It's good.
0: Uh, I'm going to pass on all of that. I don't mess around with uh, no Tito's.
1: It's my go-to vodka nowadays.
0: Go to vodka, man. I'm still, uh, I'm pretty much in strong support of Corona. That is about the only thing that I, uh, routinely support. Um, ah. I don't know. I'll mess around with, like, makers and stuff, but nothing too crazy. Oh, shit. There's some, uh, uh, screwball peanut butter whiskey. Sounds crazy, but it's freaking delicious. I saw one where a guy mixed that with that freaking uh like godiva branded Kahlua stuff or whatever the hell it is and it was like a reese's peanut butter cup because it had the chocolate dude, that sound good. yeah yeah i i don't like yeah i don't know man i don't know if i would be down with all that it sounds super sweet to me but i don't know something worth trying
1: we're on alcohol real quick
0: oh yeah that's I, that's half the fun dude it's just bullshitting um Dude, I think uh, down slow down. Did see
1: a, I did see a beer the other day, and it was the same flavors as Sour Patch Kids. A beer? Beer, and it
0: comes out the color of, like, if you had blue raspberry, it is blue. Really? That sounds like, almost like a Four loco or something.
1: And, like, I'm... When well you got my curiosity peak,
0: you know, at the peak, I'm like, I kind of want to try that, bro. I am, I am bad. I had to slow down in my drinking, not because I'm like fearing becoming a functioning alcoholic or anything like that. I just look at how much I spend and beer, and I don't know. I can, I can come in from mowing and slam a freaking cold beer in like two minutes and I'll go to crack another one, Jessica's like, are you drinking another beer? I'm like, you're damn right I am, and then I (laughs) look at the fridge, and I'm like, oh man, it's too empty, I gotta slow down, so, I've gotten gotten
1: lucky, so I've been partaking in the whiskey, and, and stuff like that, but every time my mother, and, um, my father and stepmother-in-law come into town. They always brought my whiskey and wind up leaving at the house, and they telling us to keep it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Dude, that makes it a lot cheaper. Damn straight. Yeah, that is uh, one thing. Me and my buddy used to do. Uh, Frazier, you it with Frazier before? Is when we lived yep. out in Virginia. Is we would go to this liquor store out there, and it uh, it puts like the Brown Derbies and the Price Cutters to shame. They would have, like, just hundreds and hundreds of bottles of different beers. And they'd be from all over the country and stuff like that. And, you know, some $4 beers, $2 beers. Some were, like, $15 a piece. Those are my favorite. Yeah, and we would build a six-pack. And then we would just have craft brew Saturdays. And uh, we'd either be, like, working on his truck, working on my Jeep, or just, you know, messing around, watching football at the house. And just get completely (laughs) obliterated. On Saturdays, drinking like fourteen percent beers, <laughs> and dude, that was always the best. High uh,
1: has a great. Uh, we'll do a High V plug here. High V has
0: a great selection of craft craft beers. No kidding. And, see, that's the one thing, man. We just have the Derb out here in Nixa. I guess we have price Cutter, but it's a lot smaller than like the in-town price cutters, and it's like you I sneak love...
1: over to High V.
0: See, it's too far away, dude. That's 20 miles for me to drive and get beer.
1: Like, if you're already in town one weekend or just, or a Friday or after work, just sneak on over
0: and make you a six-pack over at hy they have great selection of beer. Yeah, yeah. Well, and see, that's another thing is I like dark coffee, toffee, like that type of beer. Like, super dark beer. I can only drink One of those at a time Because it is just Too rich Too much And it's hot outside That's why my Corona is like My go to Because I can drink That crap like Water And I thoroughly Do enjoy it
1: It's been my like Go to Especially on the lake What's that? Michelob
0: Ultra Ew No No That's white girl Wasted right there Especially when I'm on the lake (laughs) see that's another thing man it's finding cans because i always you know you have to find cans or the river and the lake and stuff like that and that takes your beer selection from like okay to like drastically down i've been uh anything that mothers puts out during the summertime they'll put out stuff in cans and i'll try stuff out doing that but once again mothers makes a lot of really good dark beers and I'm not an IPA fan, so I'm like stuck somewhere in the uh, lager land that's not too heavy.
1: I like I both. So I, I like lagers and I like IPAs, but I also like uh, Blue Moon Citrus.
0: See, Blue Moon for me is uh, a wheat, and I, don't, I can't really do wheat beers all that much. I was told for years that I was quote-unquote gluten intolerant. And I always said that that's for, you know, pansies. That's uh, for liberal wusses, so I didn't buy into that crap. And uh, I think that it's borderline true, so I stay away from wheat beer as much as I can. But uh, I like the taste of Blue Moon. It's just another one of those things that makes my stomach all jacked.
1: Blue Moon Citrus. It it only comes in four packs. And it's freaking, especially after I get done mowing. I don't mind throwing one of those bad boys back.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, freaking the draft, you know, we did the football show pretty much most of the last season. I think we made it to like weeks two through 11 or something like that, and then it just got too busy, waterfowl season kicked up, but uh, we were talking about the draft here and there, you know, during that time frame, and I think I haven't listened to any of our our episodes at that point, but... Dude all I wanted back then was a quarterback. All I wanted was a damn quarterback and I did I tell you about this about how what I did when it actually happened? We were in our little group chat talking during the live picks but Avery and Evelyn Avery and Evelyn were in here. Ryan was at his dad's and uh, they were playing around doing stuff and I was like, hey, come here, come here come here Evelyn did not care whatsoever. But Avery is like a, a super dad pleaser girl. <laughs> she wants to see what's going on. So I was like, Avery, come here. This is really important for the Broncos. We're up pick nine. Mac Jones is still on the board. Justin Fields is on the board. We thought we were going to have to trade up and get a quarterback. Like, I was like, come sit on my lap. This is, you know, like this could be an important thing for you to remember for like next 10 years. And uh, got her on my lap and watched them come out and pick up. Patrick Sertan II, which I think is going to be a great quarter or a great cornerback, but I was just like, "Are you kidding me?" She thought they were going to pick a quarterback because I told her they're going to, and she was like, "What's well, wrong, Dad?" Because I let out some obscenities, and uh, I was like, "We were supposed to pick a quarterback, baby," and she's like, "What'd they pick?" And I was like, "A defensive player," and she, you know, she knew I was pissed off and she's like it's okay dad defense is good too and we have we need a good defense i was like but baby we already have three pro bowlers on our freaking roster at cornerback that we signed in the offseason we need a damn quarterback who is 33rd out of 33 quarterbacks that qualified last year and there's only 32 nfl teams so somebody's backup rated higher than drew lock last year
1: yeah, you guys need a quarterback, but you got Teddy Two Gloves. I'm, I'm not saying he's the cure-all, be-all, but you still have Drew Locke. They're still showing, if by not drafting a quarterback, You they're still giving out hope that either Drew Locke, and with a little better competition this year in the offseason, will up his game, or he'll fall back and Teddy Bridgewater could take the helm. I don't... Teddy Bridgewater has had a really bad break.
0: Well, it's going to get better for Teddy Bridgewater because he's not going to have to compete with Drew Locke. He's going to have to compete with Jordan Love in Green Bay when Denver includes him in the trade package for Aaron Rodgers in uh, approximately three weeks on June 2nd. Um, I will literally jump for joy if I hear that news.
1: Don't take that back. You said you would literally shit your pants.
0: I think I literally, that's possible. I might eat some wheat or some gluten to make sure it happens. In our group chat, I think I did say I would shit my pants. I, uh, You know, when they announced that on draft night, dude, I was like, or right before the draft happened, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And then, like, Adam Schefter or somebody released that the deal was done. They were very close to announcing it. I was like, you've gotta be kidding me, this is gonna happen. And then it didn't. And I was like, okay, I'm, well it's okay. Just, We're just to- being
1: a Cheese fan, I don't wanna play him twice a year, and I hope he goes, you know, somewhere else or goes and hosts Jeopardy.
0: Bro, could you imagine Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes twice a year, Aaron Rodgers, Mark? Justin Herbert twice a year, and then Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert twice a year. The AFC West would have the highest TV ratings once again.
1: Would be insane. That that would be the most insane division.
0: The NFL wants that. Like, I can't think off the top of my head that another division that he could go to that would compete with that. Like, maybe the NFC East or NFC West, not the East, the East is trash. The NFC West If he went and uh, played against Arizona and Russell Wilson in Seattle and then uh, Matt Stafford against the Rams, say he went out to uh, San Francisco for Jimmy or something and was like the bridge. It's not going to happen. He wants to go to San Francisco. That's his favorite team. But uh, that's not going to happen with Trey Lance there. But, dude, that division would be insane too.
1: Being a Trey Lance, what a smoke show that freaking San Fran put on. Not, you know, didn't really say anything about, you know, wanting Trey Lance all week, leading eight months leading up to the draft.
0: They didn't want anybody, to, which it doesn't even make any sense because I, the everybody knew Lawrence is number one. And then for some, and Zach,
1: Wilson, Zach Wilson just jumped into number two.
0: Yeah, does anybody know why he's number two? Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. That the but, kid looks good, but he's another one-year player.
1: And all the you know the scouting report says like what six one, six two. The dude is five ten at most.
0: Well, and you know I don't even hold that against him because you don't. No, have I, I don't either. But you know. He is a he's a short guy, and they're you know making him out to be this you know six foot two guy. Well, and he torched a bunch of trash teams all of last year. His did he only? I think he's a one year starter as well. But he torched a oh, bunch oh. of trash teams out at BYU, and then he went up against Coastal this year and played like garbage. And it's the same thing with Trey Lance. I get he's bigger. He's faster. He's got a better arm, and he's got that photographic memory. They say, like everybody that got him in for like board work and stuff, said he's phenomenal. He instantly remembers everything. Like I get that, but still, taking him at number three is risky because it's. uh,
1: He only played one game last year, and he started what one season the year before that.
0: In the game that he played last year against Arkansas State, he looked horrible.
1: He struggled really bad. I I didn't see him go number three. I thought Atlanta might take him. Just the fact that freaking uh, Matt Ryan is is getting older, and he's not going to be around. You know, for the next fifteen years. I don't, I don't see anybody playing longer than Tom Brady.
0: Maybe I, I can't see anybody having more seasons. That they were a starter than Tom Brady, but like it's not it's not unperceivable that, like, somebody like Rodgers, who's already been up there, I can't think of a, a young quarterback that hasn't taken a bunch of abuse, though. Like, you even look at Mahomes. Mahomes is what, 25, 26 at the oldest? He's been in the league for four years, came out at 22, like around that age. Dude, that Super Bowl, he took a Beating, an absolute beating, and it's like the way that he plays when he throws all those crazy, you know, side arms and right-handed pass or left-handed passes and all that crap. He gets hit a lot because he scrambles, and uh, I can't think of a good young guy like Allen, another beast of a young guy, but he gets hit all the time. Um, I can't think of anybody. Look what that- it did to- Look what yeah, what
1: happened to Andrew Luck. Hmm.
0: Yeah, Andrew or or, or
1: even a Russell Wilson who was, for me, was going to be the MVP if he kept the pace it from the first, you know, beginning to the end of the season. Who just dropped off? Who's always running for his life?
0: I saw a stat. I can't remember if it was last year or the year before, but it was since Russell Wilson has been the starter, the amount of times that a quarterback has been sacked. Like he leads that stat, like most sacked like a staggering number, like hundreds more than any other player in the league since he started, like the last, what, 10 years now? I think he started in 11, 12. But he's gotten sacked like hundreds times more than anybody else. And it's not because he hasn't had pocket awareness. It's because he doesn't have a damn pocket, ever.
1: Ever. I mean, the the guy is so good, and Pete Carroll never puts a, you know, a liner
0: on him, and I can understand why he wants out. Well, and, and he wants out. I think you're seeing the movement of NFL players being like, "Hey, man, I can control my own destiny. Like, either trade me, or I'm just going to quit. I'm I'm done. Do you want me to be Andrew Luck? Do you want to get nothing for me and just watch me be happy? You know, counting my millions in the bank. Sure, I'll pay you back your thirty million dollars that I owe you." You've already given me three hundred million, and I'll 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 get sponsors. Like I'm not worried about that type of stuff, but I'm tired of getting beat up, and I don't want to be, you know, like the great Muhammad Ali. You know, not be able to freaking sign my own name at the end of my life because you refuse to get me any offensive line. How many great wide receivers has Seattle given Russell Wilson? Like they've been loaded or they've at least taken swings on guys since he's been there. How many times have they addressed the offensive line for that guy? Like, never.
1: You know, a great weapon in DK Metcalf and what Tyler Lockett, who who, every other weekend seems like one of them is going nuts. And you can't ever, especially in fantasy football, you don't know which one to take because you don't know who's going to have the better game.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's like, uh, look at like the Super Bowl run era Seahawks. They had some good, decent wide receivers back then, too. That, of course, as soon as they leave playing with Russell Wilson, you know, they're not going to be nearly the same. But let me see. I'll pull up the roster real quick. Uh, so, what? Baldwin? Yeah, Baldwin was decent. Freaking. They had Lockett that young. Um, Curse wasn't bad when he was with him. They tried to bring in Jimmy Graham to give him something. Now, that didn't work out, but they tried. Jimmy
1: Graham has never been the same since he left uh, New Orleans.
0: Yeah, but he didn't work out, but they tried. They made him the highest-paid freaking tight end in you know, the history of the league at that point. And it's like they tried. They kept bringing in wide receivers, drafting wide receivers. They've given him a ton of tools they haven't really found a running back since Lynch left. I mean, they keep having these little one-year, two-year guys that aren't bad. But, um, ben Carson, if,
1: if he could ever stay healthy.
0: Yeah, see, that's the problem, is they haven't found that true workhorse. Whereas in Green Bay, man, they've given Aaron Rodgers. He has a pretty solid line. And then Devontae Adams, I think he was like a third or fourth round pick. I mean, obviously, he's by far one of the best wide receivers in the league, but they have done nothing else for that dude. I mean.
1: Elon said if Aaron leaves, he's going to leave and go wherever Aaron's going.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was listening to a, a Broncos pod, obviously, because I'm a Homer. Well, I guess not a Homer, but I'm a, uh, you know, Broncos fan. But they were talking about what's it going to take to get Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. And it's like, dude, I cannot oh. even imagine. If you have Jerry Judy, Devontae Adams, and uh, Aaron Rodgers lining up on the offense, like, that's going to be... Denver is going to go from being like this potential defensive freaking juggernaut because they had one of the worst secondaries of football last year. They've now have brought in two pro bowlers in the cornerback position. They re-signed Justin Simmons, who is a top three safety in the league. They brought back Kareem Jackson, who was a stupid. Doug cornerback. Von Miller's coming back this year. Chubb is a solid pro bowler. And it's like you drafted Patrick Sertan II, another potential beast at the cornerback. Like, Denver's defense this year could look ungodly. Or they could get destroyed by you anyone. You just
1: signed one of your former safeties.
0: You guys did? Yeah, from, from Denver. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys um, you signed. Um, he was our third safety for Ever. We let him go. He went to Pittsburgh, and then he came back to Denver last year for, like, three games. God, I really, really like him. Um, he, he has, like, a small frame. It's going to kill me that I cannot remember this now. Um,
1: I'm looking on ESPN for him, but I cannot find it.
0: <sighs> Dude, he played for Denver forever. Um, Will Parks Will Parks Now that I typed it in Um, Dude Will Parks is a solid solid safety I was hoping that uh, If we cut Kareem Jackson Who was due 15 million dollars this year Which is number one No he was due 14 million Justin Simmons just signed for 15 million a year He's the highest paid safety of football We cut Kareem And I was like oh dude Will Parks is like a 2 million a year guy and he's probably 80% of what Kareem Jackson is. So I was like, dude, that is a sweet $13 million trade off, you know, to save some cap space and stuff like that. Well, they cut Kareem Jackson and end up re signing him like three days later for half of his uh, salary. So then that way they end up letting Will Parks leave. But, dude, that's a good player to fill in for you guys.
1: I'm excited about this. Uh completely retooled backups for backups on the offensive line for Kansas City.
0: And see, that's that's going to be another weird one, is how long does it take for them to gel on an offensive line standpoint? I think there's going to
1: – first thing is, you know, there, we we, uh, we traded Austin's. You know, we got an Austin uh, – I can't even think of the guy's name, the new, set, new center that we signed from L.A., but his name is Austin.
0: Well, like you I guys think drafted that, that beast center from freaking uh, OU as well. Yeah, so I think, like, right off the back in training camp, there's going to be
1: a battle for uh, starting center right off the
0: bat. Well, and that's the thing. You guys have so – yeah, your whole, your whole offensive line looks completely different. And it's so funny because that was always the domino that I was waiting for as a Broncos fan for the Chiefs was, man, the Chiefs are really, really good. They've been really good. How long can this last? You know, because most teams, you look through the great teams throughout history. They break apart. They break apart. Everybody chases money, and you just can't keep everybody together. I mean, the longest run of them all might be, obviously, the Steelers of the 70s before players were really getting paid. But in recent years, the longest run of them all, what, the early Cowboys? the 90 to 96 Cowboys, something like that. I can't think the Patriots did it, but they were shipping guys out left and right. They didn't have their team core stay together for that long. Um, I think, man, the Cowboys were it because you look at like Broncos went back to back and then John Elway retires and then TD gets destroyed a year later and then Ed McCaffrey gets destroyed a year after that and then Rod Smith just hangs out. And it's like, you know, you just watch the team disintegrate. And then you have, uh, I can't even think of another really great team that went like back-to-back or almost back-to-back besides maybe the Saints? The Packers did it? Creed Humphreys is literally two inches taller, weighs 320 pounds. He's 6'5". Austin Blythe is his name. He's 6'3", 298. And for what I've seen from
1: Creed, he was an... Unmovable force.
0: Yeah, the only thing with center is center is the only position that it takes a little bit longer to get up to speed unless you have a very, very seasoned quarterback. So Patrick Mahomes obviously fits that bill. But like if you draft a rookie center and you have a first year or second year quarterback, like that mesh sometimes takes a little bit longer to build up. That's like uh, when you had Peyton Manning playing with. Uh, Saturday forever. They both played forever, and it was all good and grand. And then you had um, Peyton Manning come to Denver, and he played with Connor McGovern, who was a uh, a rookie. And Connor McGovern would be at the line looking at coverages, and he had Peyton Manning back there adjusting everybody. You know, like somebody that was like, "Hey, actually, no, you need to check this and that stuff." But then but you get uh, you got
1: someone doing high grade college calculus and you got someone doing multiplication and subtraction
0: right right but it's say you have a young rookie quarterback dude you pair that guy with a 10-year freaking center then you're good to go because he's seen everything he can help the quarterback out so you guys are in a good spot because patrick mahomes has that uh that photographic memory of where he's so smart that he can adjust everything Patrick Mahomes plays like he's been in the league for 15 years. Like, that's how good he can read a defense. And he's only been playing, starting for, what, four now? Three? Yeah, he, and you freaking, you can think Alex Smith, you know, he
1: definitely was a big part of teaching him everything.
0: Well, and Alex Smith is smart, but I think that that photographic memory, just, it really, really makes that huge difference. Like there's just no way. You can
1: pull him. You can pull him once, but you won't pull him a second time because he'll remember.
0: Well, yeah. You see a picture of a coverage, and then you remember it forever. Like it. There was a kid that we went to school with that he didn't have to take notes in um in Mr. Ramy's class. Mr. Ramy was a stickler about everybody taking notes. Like if he saw you not taking notes, he would get pissed and dock you on your daily points. For like participation and crap like that when we were in school. And then uh, this kid had a photographic memory. And Raimi put up a slide that had a ton of text and all that type of crap on there with facts and numbers. that And then switched to the next one. I can't remember what the hell this kid's name was. But he he went to the next slide and that kid recited it word for word. Because he had a photographic memory. It's just a special gift that some people are born with.
1: So, looking oh, look at this draft board again and one pick that freaking stands out to me, Alex Leatherwood that Oakland could have got round two or possibly even three would have been there.
0: Yeah, that was a really <laughs> head... I mean, that's an Oakland move. You know, he was projected to be a late round two um, pick that just really it's just an oakland move man they reach for everything um i could not believe jok
1: well yeah how far he dropped and then uh first round. i liked freaking what the Bengals did with Jamar Chase, you know, getting some familiarity with the wide receiver, but they definitely needed to take. I thought it was going to be Pinay Sewell 100% because they needed an offensive lineman to protect Joe Burrow, their franchise quarterback, who got his knee completely destroyed last year.
0: Yeah, that was so. a, a really funny one. It was like I saw a meme that was uh, showing the Bengals' new uniforms, you know, because they redesigned it or whatever this year. And uh, it showed Joe Burrow sitting on the couch. And uh, the meme was all the players sitting, like Joe Burrow during his, like, smoking the cigar thing that he did after uh, the national championship. And it was, like, with the fifth pick, the Bengals pick, Jamar Chase teaming him back up with his college, you know, quarterback or whatever like that. And it had Joe Burrow smiling. And then it had a zoomed-in picture of Joe Burrow's big, huge knee scar that he just had from surgery. And it was like Joe Burrow's knee says, you know, it showed like a sad face or a crying face or something like that. Uh,
1: Brian, I did like the Jags picking up Travis Etienne to beef up even more of that great running game that the Jags had last year.
0: Yeah, that was – they uh, – did you see the reports that they were trying to trade up and take a wide receiver right there that um,
1: – They're going to lose D.D. Westbrook either to the Chiefs. The Chiefs are really hot on the trail of that
0: guy. Yeah, I'm trying to remember who the hell they were trying to trade up and get as a wide receiver, and that's why they ended up taking Etn there. Yeah. Um, off the top of my head the draft has been what a week and a half ago or something like that almost two weeks ago now at this point but
1: but this draft wasn't really like it turned into a wild west right after uh trey lance was taken
0: oh yeah yeah well and i saw the uh a falcons like they you know shot a um a snapchat or some crap like that that was showing their war room whenever the trey lance pick came in they're like it's lance like we called that crap months ago. Like I knew it was going to be Lance. It wasn't going to be, uh, wasn't going to be um, Mac Jones. Like they were all just laughing about it. It was um, Tony. The Giants took Kadarius Tony, and that's who Jacksonville was trying to get up and take, but uh, they just couldn't. They uh, sniped him on it, and that yeah, the
1: Tony pick was some that had a lot of fans really, really, really eat it.
0: Well, and the really funny one was um, when Philadelphia traded up to pick 10 with the Cowboys because they were going to try to take – they ended up taking Devontae Smith. I heard a story that they were really trying to trade up and get Pene Sewell, I think.
1: I always wanted a Patrick Sertan Jr.
0: That I knew that they wanted a cornerback. Maybe they were trying to take J.C. Horn. It was like they traded from twelve back up to ten with the Cowboys because they were trying to snipe uh, one of the cornerbacks. And they both quarterbacks end up going off. It was I th- it might have been J.C. Horn because he wasn't projected to go ahead of Sertan. Nobody had Horn going eight. They had Horn going like. Pick 12, 13, something like that. Maybe the Cowboys taking him at 10 if Denver took Sertan. But nobody had Horn going that high. And I think the Eagles made the trade before the J.C. Horn pick went through. And then they were left. I mean, not that Devontae Smith is a bad pickup whatsoever, but they were left having to take Devontae Smith because they had already made the trade. And uh, Dallas ended up taking Micah Parsons, who I think is a horrible pick.
1: I agree with right there. And then Chicago takes Fields. Now, my, I think Fields is probably going gonna to play. He's going he's gonna to play I don't know when because they still have – Foles is still on the roster if I'm still correct.
0: If I'm no, correct dude. Foles, no. Foles is gone right now. Their projected starter before they had Fields was the Red Rifle. Um, they traded yeah, for Andy so, Dalton. And then I think Dalton starts week one. Well, they told Andy Dalton that he was going to be the corner, the quarterback, the starter. And they posted on Twitter QB1 and then a picture of him an hour before the draft started. And then they trade up for Fields like two hours later. And it was like this big controversy because they told him that he was going to come in there and be the clear cut starter. I think Fields starts week one. I really was intrigued by Fields going to Denver because it's been so long in this process that I'm so desperate for a quarterback that I was hoping for
1: Fields. You're hoping for any quarterback in the first round.
0: Right, but if you go back and you listen to us talk about Fields in the old podcast where we talk about football, I said that I did not like him. There was something about him his, his throwing motion is goofy. He has that Tim Tebow throwing motion where he puts his elbow up first and then has a big swing around where he swings the ball way out that's too slow for the NFL. And uh, his processing speed, man, it just – there were a lot of times in games that I saw of him that the play was breaking down, and it's like you're Justin Fields, you run a 4-4, run the freaking ball. And he wouldn't. He would just go sit in there, take the sack. And it's like, dude, you have your athletic. He took well. a lot
1: of big shots well, yes. last year.
0: And he's athletic as hell. There's times where he should have ran and he didn't because he's trying not to be compared to a prototypical mobile quarterback that anytime the play breaks down he just runs. You know, insert Michael Vick, insert freaking yeah. Lamar Jackson, all that stuff, but if you let a
1: quarterback you know the first reason out there they're gonna run
0: yeah and he didn't want to be that guy I think Felix And I, yeah, I get that yeah he has all the skills to be good but to me he, just like it was six months ago when we were talking about it he's a scary pick he's a pick that if he works out it's gonna be great if he doesn't prepare for another three to four yeah, years it'll like, suck
1: yeah he's gonna be a boom or bust guy yeah,
0: yeah. Well, that's the same thing with Trey Lance, man. Like, oh, my God. You traded three first-round picks to move up that's taken. Have you heard the stat of how many games he started as a quarterback?
1: But, you know, who this reminds me of a couple of years ago, the same year that draft that freaking Patrick Mahomes and Mitch Trubisky all came out where the – the Bears traded up with the Niners to get Trubisky when he would have been there the whole time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He would have been there when the Bears were picking, I think it was, what, 10?
0: Uh, no, the Bears were picked five. Or no, the Bears were picked four and traded up to three. And they traded an additional first-rounder to move up one spot.
1: He would have been there when the Bears were picking.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, and that's the thing with... Um, with Trey Lance is Trey Lance wouldn't have been. I think somebody would have jumped up. Like I was listening to a podcast and they're talking about it and they're like, I don't even know who this Trey Lance guy is. Like, why is he like he's not gonna even be in the first round? I'm like, you clearly do not watch football or listen to anything that has to do with football. Trey Lance was gonna get picked in the top five. Somebody would have traded up and gave a King's ransom to move up for Trey Lance. The problem with Trey Lance, to me, is he started one year at North Dakota State. He played one game last year and started one game before that. Did you know when he became a quarterback in high school?
1: Well, he was supposed to. People wanted to change him to
0: linebacker. He He started his senior year at quarterback in high school. That's it. Half of his senior year. He had an offer from Minnesota as a wide receiver potential linebacker and they said you can't play quarterback you're not good enough to play quarterback but we we are interested in you as a wide receiver or a linebacker and he said no thanks i'm gonna go try to play quarterback and that's when he went to north dakota state like i'm not anti-small school guy like, obviously, you know, Carson Wentz, we're not sure if he's ever going to return to the form that he had. He showed a lot of potential early in his career, and I think he, he got, did, But he got beat up so we bad, were, man. I think that ruins quarterbacks. But he also played three years at North Dakota State on two national championship teams. Like, it wasn't this half-year starter that Trey Lance was.
1: I agree with that. So if we're going to talk about Carson Wentz, my prediction, week one, Carson Wentz, one sack fumble, and the interception. Lock
0: it in. Well, and, you know, I see Carson Wentz. I hope that he does decent for Indy. I don't know why. Maybe because he's the... Most famous quarterback that's a duck hunter. At the same time, he's a big duck. They have
1: Duckman Jones and freaking uh, uh Steelers, and he competed at Worlds.
0: Uh, I know he competed at Worlds, but he also has been in the league for a couple years. He's not the he's not a starting quarterback. Like, and he's a he has started and he looked good. I think if he got a chance on a team that wasn't decimated by injuries, it could be really, really intriguing. And, I mean, who the hell am I to judge? Like, I'm not a professional quarterback. I'm not a collegiate quarterback. Like, that's amazing for somebody to have that type of talent. I'm just saying, like, the mainstream quarterbacks, Carson Wentz. uh, Delvin is very, very famous because of his nickname. I think more people know him through waterfowling than, uh, like, that's adds to his football, so I guess you're right. Yeah, Delvin Hodges is definitely the most famous hunting football player at this point. But if you would ask that two or three years ago, it wouldn't have been Delvin,
1: it would have been once, yeah, for sure. And
0: yeah. Delvin's freaking cool, man. I've listened to, like, I haven't ever met the guy. I don't think he was there the year that we went, I think he was already done with competition calling at that point, but uh. I've listened to some of his podcasts and he's freaking cool as hell Need to go back to worlds I think I'm going to I'm going to freaking Call Palooza on Saturday Are you yeah I'm heading out to uh, Stuttgart and dude I forgot how far that is away I, I always had in my mind that it was three hours and I looked at it and it's four and a half hours
1: brain right ass drive to rice Field. you think you're a nom.
0: Well, and we have all three kids this weekend, too.
1: Have yeah, fun with that. Dad, are we there yet?
0: Uh, yeah, and I convinced Jessica to go. I was like, oh, it's going to be this huge, big festival. All of my buddies from all over the country are coming in. And she's like, how far is it away? I was like, it's just a little bit outside of Little Rock. She's like, oh, that's not that bad, you know, her being from Harrison. She's like, that's not that bad. I was like, nah, yeah, about an hour and a half past Little Rock.
1: What? A McDonald's, a couple of freaking hotels.
0: Oh, no, we're doing a day trip. Yeah, we're doing Wait a God, day I trip. I would tell you, if you would have said something to me, I would have been totally done, but I haven't freaking had to take my truck into
1: Reliable and have some work done, but...
0: Bro, I said that I was going to do it months ago. Like, I had been talking to uh, Channing about it for, like, months. And, like, a bunch of other different call makers hit me up and were like, are you going, are you going, are you going? Oh, yeah, man, absolutely, I'm going, for sure. And uh, up until, like, a week ago, I completely forgot about what the dates were. And I had to look it up. And I thought it was on a weekend that I didn't have kids. And then it turns out that it was, like, I thought it was last weekend, my birthday weekend. And I was like, sweet, I have no kids. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go down there and just go down there by myself. And, uh, I mean, obviously Jessica could have went if she wanted to. But I wouldn't have to worry about, like, if she really doesn't want to go this Saturday, I don't know that I'm going to, I'll feel too guilty leaving here here with all three kids for 12 to 14 hours. Like, I'll just feel bad about it. So, I don't. I could drop my truck off and then
1: maybe I could talk to Amanda and see if they can have like a girls' day and kids all over here and play outside and shit.
0: Well, I've got her convinced right now to go. If she wants to do different. If you want to go, drop your damn truck off. What time are you supposed to be dropping your truck off? Eight
1: o'clock in the morning.
0: Shit. Nah,
1: it's probably going to be too that late. That... Yeah, that's too late. What time does the festival kick off?
0: Uh, it's earlier in the morning. My goal is to leave by 7 and be down there before noon, hang out until around dinner time, 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, and come back. Only be down there for like 4 or 5 hours just because it's such a trek. And uh, the, it, the festival started on Sunday, and they're doing like uh, – or it started on Monday, and they're doing, like, different duck call builds, go to the r and shop, and uh, go to John Stevens shop in there. And I think Ronnie, I know Michael Meredith is on a team. I think Will is on a different team. And they're doing, like, a head-to-head call maker build-off where they have, last year it was, like, Brad Samples and Ronnie Turner and a bunch of other guys were on there. And uh, Brian Byers, I think, was on there. I can't remember off the top of my head. But they just had two calls that they all teamed up and built head-to-head against each other. And they're doing that on Friday and Saturday. And they do, like, gumbo and stuff. I think they're doing a uh, crawfish festival and all sorts of crazy crap. So it'll it'll be entertaining. I think there's stuff to do every single night. But uh, I think I'm just going to try to go out there for a couple hours on Saturday. Just to say hi to everybody, meet a bunch of callmakers and stuff like that.
1: Calls are just absolutely stunning.
0: Which one are you looking it up right now? No, I've looked at his calls before and I've looked at the prices. And I'm like,
1: man, I wouldn't want to even bring it out. Whose call is that? John Stevenson's.
0: John Stevens, yeah, dude, his stuff is crazy. Definitely a uh, man, he'd be somebody that'd be really, really interested. Interesting. I know he's super busy, but. He just he's one of the biggest duck call collectors as well like if you look at I w- I w- he
1: has that bar too down there I would love to go see
0: yeah and then they if you look at his insta he has different pictures of his house where he has some like really really old school rare calls from like you know back in the 20s and 30s and 1800s like he's a big historian when it comes to duck call stuff it's it it, he'd be really interesting to talk to let alone even if he didn't you know work for rnt and have all that stuff going on he'd be very interesting just as a call maker and a collector
1: and he's got in so much knowledge and you know history about other calls too
0: yeah yeah exactly and just uh you know wow. there's just something about people that are born and raised and lived in stuck that uh you know it's the capital of the duck capital of the world it's something that uh all of us duck hunters like it's like a holy grail mecca trek that everybody has to go see at some point
1: now, i had such a great time and experience you know going to worlds for the first time and like we like i said we need to go back and do what we did before and now that i have, actually have a nice camera it would be even better to get pictures of everybody too
0: oh yeah yeah the like the contest itself was cool and seeing a, a bunch of really cool guys compete and you know the top end of that stuff but just everything surrounding it like i was trying to it's explain awesome to that see
1: to...
0: sorry No, you're good. I was trying to explain that to Jessica. I was like, have you ever, you know, you're from Arkansas. Have you ever been to Stuckart? And she was like, no. I was like, you wouldn't believe how the town shuts down, the roads shut down, and they just start putting up tents in the middle of roads. And, uh, you know, the whole city is, I don't know what Stuckart's population is, but I can't imagine it's over 10,000
1: it tripled while we were there and you could not use your cell phone
0: yeah yeah it overloaded the towers there was 50,000 people like in a town that normally holds five to 10,000 like it it so was so crazy to be,
1: to be there and see everybody and like he's like dude I recognize that guy from Instagram like, you know I've talked to him or he's commented on you know one of my pictures I've commented on his pictures and we've you know interacted you see him this guy's from the west coast
0: yeah yeah, it was. Yes. It's it's just a very unique experience up at Worlds, and I think that the Call of Palooza thing is going to be very very similar. I didn't go last year; that was the first year they did it, but uh, I'm pretty pumped for it, man. Oh,
1: and give me a, like a heads up next time on uh, any like, call comp or something like. I definitely want to go back and do that So I like being around, just being around other waterfowl hunters since it's such a small community where we're here in southwest Missouri there's not a lot of us. But to go to somewhere where people are just as crazy about it as we are yeah, is always a good time.
0: Absolutely, man. Well, and it's like, this is about the only thing that you really have to look forward to as a waterfowler. Like, the season is so terrible. <laughs> like, You have two different, you know, hands thinking about it. You're like, well, I'm, you know, I'm thankful to be able to get out and go hunting and have some fun and, you know, shoot some birds or see some birds, work them, whatever you want to do. But it's like every year, man, it just progressively gets tougher and tougher. And, you know, we understand hunting is hunting is hunting. You have to, yes, of course, you're not going to just show up. We never just show up and shoot birds like That's not a thing we're trying to do. Sometimes we get lucky with that, but man, every year the good hunts have gotten thinner and thinner and thinner.
1: This year was opening day of honkers.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, that's one good season. Opening day, October, early honker season, we know is going to be good. It's always good. but uh that's about the only guarantee man but duck season dude like it has gotten so thin where you know if i go fill out my uh go to buy a hunting license next year my duck stamp and stuff when they go and ask you that quiz i don't know if i'm gonna be able to use more than two hands for how many ducks i killed this year like i i cannot remember killing more than a handful
1: day of duck season was the first time i killed a duck since september
0: Last year. Well, and it's like um, the season before that, 2019, the la- the first time that we saw a big push of birds was out on the sinkhole uh, pond, and that was like the first time there were big groups of mallards and they couldn't find anywhere to land because there was no wind. Yeah.
1: All fuck- fucked up and didn't know what to do, and they were like, ah, fuck it, we'll just fly somewhere else.
0: Yeah. Dude, it, it makes it super tough, but... I don't know. The little events that have to do with hunting that are not physically hunting. That's what I... Maybe it's because we're getting older. I don't know. I feel older. But uh, that's the stuff I'm getting excited about now. It's not as much the being in the woods. It's more of the... uh, I don't know. Just the events. The stuff to go look forward to. I even got David. I think David's going to do a podcast next week. David... David Taylor. That's pretty awesome. I, uh, pretty, you know,
1: David's our boy, but you know, he is just. I always, I've said this once before. He's a, a wealth of knowledge of of waterfall hunting. He's got a crap ton of experience, so he'll definitely be great on a podcast.
0: Well, and you know, I I told him I was like, dude, I just honestly didn't think this was going to be your thing. So I meant to hit you up, but it's like one of those things that I didn't know he had any interest in it whatsoever. And you know how David is. Anybody that knows freaking David Taylor on Facebook, like, or on Snapchat, the Snapchat king, that guy, he just created created his new account, and I think he's already back over a million on Snapchat in, like, two months, and he lost his five million account?
1: Yeah. uh, Is he already over a million?
0: I think so. It's some insane number. Like, I think I looked it up. Whenever his went dead, the world record for Snapchat count is like eleven million right now, and I think he's literally at like six million combined. He's at thirty-seven thousand. Okay, okay. Well, this I just checked, it. I was like, I'd lose my freaking mind. to <laughs> he only had it for like a month.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. That's...
1: That R.I.P. You know, five million freaking
0: Snapchat. <laughs> well we took a little break we're back um yeah i can't remember exactly where we were at so it's gonna sound funky on the podcast but uh hey that's life we've had a 15 minute conversation in between recording sessions and and we're
1: both over the age of 30 so our memory is declining
0: (laughs) well and that's like uh we were talking about smoking and barbecue, girl. Not smoking, smoking, but uh, smoking beer, yeah meats. I th-
1: I did read, a, I did see a great article that's saying when you reach the age of 30,
0: either you get a curiosity of smoking meat or World War Two. So I think we both met with smoking meat. Damn, I like World War Two a lot, though, too.
1: So do I. I she came home once, she was like, what are you watching? Oh, I'm watching World War Two in color. How long have you been watching? This? Oh, about six and a half hours. <laughs> so
0: what What time did you leave this morning? Yeah, that's that's. Since morning. Whatever time you left, I started <laughs> watching. Babe, I worked a double. Okay. Your point? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's something Breaking. about that man. It's it's a weird, you know. As you get a little bit older, you feel like you have to get dad things. Yeah, like I feel like I need a white pair of New Balance. And some jean shorts, some shorts.
1: I was totally telling Amanda. I said we have to have like a, like mom, like mom's dad party.
0: Mom's dad or, party. Let's explain
1: it. You know, we we'll go get some New Balances or some you know Walmart Velcro old man shoes. Freaking wolf T-shirts, shorts and, and fanny packs and cell phone holders.
0: Yes, that's freaking awesome. Yeah, it's, it's a weird thing, man. You just feel like you have to start getting weird stuff, and you find that you're a little bit more sentimental about crap. Like, I don't even know if I have much of any possessions from when I was in my early 20s still. Like, I'm not a keeper of crap. I'm a minimalist.
1: Yeah, I if I don't use it, 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 it gets pitched. Like...
0: Right now I'm thinking, I was like, shit, I, haven't, I need to start my mower and
1: mower. It's been a while. I haven't mowed in a while. I need to start that bad boy and clean the blades, sharpen them maybe.
0: <laughs> and see, and you're, you're full geek dad mode. You have lights that change colors in your house and every room almost. I remember a couple of years ago when you got that the first time. Like, You have all the techie dad things at your house.
1: I have totally... Like I have We both have ADD, and like I get super hyper focused on things. I'm like, I gotta have it, and then then I it moves to something else. Yeah. But yeah, I for I love the the don't get me started on the lights. The lights definitely like I'm a big movie guy, so the the lights definitely like immerse you into the movie. I have to have you over. Send the girls. And the kid's somewhere, and we just sit down and watch a badass movie, and with the lights going, we'll freaking change your freaking mind about the lights.
0: I think you had them installed when we watched the Conor McGregor fight, and you were, you had to turn on the I lights not, or something like that.
1: No, I did not have a, for the Conor McGregor fight.
0: You had them in your bedroom I, at that point.
1: Yeah, I think I had them, yeah, I had them in my bedroom,
0: but <laughs> which now... Which is even funnier. Yeah. You're like, hold on, now, baby, gotta set the mood. Yeah, it's, now I have a freaking, I have a nap,
1: and when I have the music playing, the freaking lights go with the freaking mu- music.
0: <laughs> we were putting Ryan to bed last week, and uh, he was talking, I, We I can't remember what the subject was, but he was talking about wanting a lava lamp, and how he thought they were the coolest things ever, and it was like, can I have a <laughs> lava lamp? I was like, dude, I'm pretty sure they're like... 10 bucks at Walmart. the, the, the like a lava lamp. Uh, the yeah.
1: la- I remember when those were high dollar items back in the day.
0: Yeah, it's so weird. Like, I'm like, that's a really okay. old thing.
1: Okay, think about this, alright? Kids like his age, or even in their teens, you know, look back to like the 90s and think that is like the greatest era of all time. Whereas we as being born in the 80s,
0: think of, like, the 70s and 60s and 80s music as, you know, the shit. Well, yeah, it's like they... Champion is, like, a brand now that people are sought after.
1: Dude, I could not wear Champion because that was, like, the poor
0: person shit. Yeah, Yeah, that was the Walmart brand when we were kids. Not that there's anything wrong with people who shop at Walmart, but that was, like, you knew if somebody got their clothes at Walmart because they were rock and champion back in the day. Like you did not want that. You were taking off the labels when you were a kid.
1: Wearing the freaking hooded sweatshirt inside out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's so weird how that's like the the new drip is what the the kids call it these days. The the drip, it's it's lit. Oh, my favorite one, I, I told Kim that, I said, if you don't be, start behaving yourself, you're going to catch these hands. <laughs> I don't even know that that's that new now. It's the she's thing is the new one now. I'm busting. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me every day that I'm just too old.
1: Work with some younger guys, and I'm, it's like, this shit's lit, or you don't want this smoke.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> my God. Okay, let's see it.
1: What kind of smoke you're bringing, son? <laughs> oh shit, business will crack you up. So somebody quit at my job yesterday at, at three fifteen. They went on the radio on the the intercom system and said, "It's been fun working with you boys. Can I get a? Oh yeah." <laughs> Did everybody? Ever I, oh my god! all I heard throughout the shop, oh yeah.
0: Well, that's hilarious because the shop is full of a bunch of 50-year-olds and plus.
1: So you know everybody's watching TikTok uh-huh. on lunch and break.
0: <laughs> that's too freaking funny, man. Well, brother, uh, I appreciate you jumping on here, my man. I got to finish up the, we'll have the, the- evening and do all that good stuff. But uh, we're going to uh, have to start back up the uh, BS Sports Chat. And figure out you know that little idea that you were talking about the other day and get rolling on it man
1: definitely have to sit down have some beers and you know discuss a a layout and uh maybe try to do it on a sunday or even or do it on a saturday leading up to or friday or saturday whatever day leading up to the weekend weeks games try to do twice a week because we do know that our lineups might
0: change. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, brother.
1: Tell the kids I said hi, and enjoy the rest of your evening.
0: All right, buddy. Well, you have a good night, okay? You too, bro. Later, bro. Later. Bye. All right, guys. Mr. Strain, getting back to our weekly BS, things that are happening, talks, mixed in with a little sports, a little waterfowl. I got my uh, kids eating dinner in the background. I don't know if that's going to be picked up on the mic. Being quiet doesn't mean anything to them because they're uh, 6 and 7. So what can you really say? They did pretty good this whole time. Um, Yeah, check out Unstable Calls on Instagram if you want a paperweight of a duck call. There you go, Mr. Ron Davis. And uh, we'll see you guys later.